Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Fernando, your host of the Bar Exam Game Plan Podcast. I hope that you are doing well. And today, I wanted to give you just some general guidance and information related to a specific remedies that is available in uh, uh, both contracts and torts. And this is one area that I notice a lot of bar exam- examinees get tripped up. So if you put in just a little bit of extra effort to understand how these equitable remedies work, it will really go a long way in helping you in the context of remedies when you see an essay, but also in terms of contracts and torts when you do the MBEs and also write essays in those respective areas. So just in general, right, remedies are split into two categories you have those remedies at law which are like monetary money and then equitable remedies and equitable remedies are only available where the remedy at law is inadequate to repair the particular harm that is being you know uh, uh, that is at issue and equitable remedies they're uh, decided by the judge whereas legal remedies are usually decided by the jury and unlike legal remedies that usually only declare damages owed from the defendant to the plaintiff. The equitable remedies are backed by the contempt power of the court. And so you may not have dealt with equitable equitable remedies during law school uh, or maybe even in your your actual summer jobs or if you're, you know, graduated already in your actual jobs. Uh, But, you know, maybe you have. Um, These really... uh, Uh, focus on providing additional support by the court because if a defendant fails to comply with an equitable order, they can be held in contempt of court, right? And so what is really important for you to remember, right, is understanding what are the equitable remedies that are available in the context of contract law and then what are the available remedies that are available in the context of tort law. If you understand that, you're going to be ahead of the game. And so there are three main equitable remedies that a defendant, that a plaintiff can use to try to, uh, you know, move forward with their uh, uh, contract, right? And remember, we're not looking for money. We want that contract enforced. And so the, that uh, one, the first equitable remedy is specific performance, right? And uh, specific performance really focuses on, hey, I want the contract enforced and I want it to uh, actually, you know, uh, happen, right? And so specific performance is available where you have a valid contract that, the, you know, that has sufficiently definite terms. Uh, all the conditions have been met for the defendant's performance. Um, there's There's no adequate remedy at law. The enforcement is feasible and it's not subject to any equitable defenses, right? And just, you know, just go in and really try to remember and understand what those elements are. Um, And more importantly, you know, if you can find an essay that has the, you know, specific performance as an issue, practice it and then review how it is analyzed for purposes of each of those elements. In addition to specific performance, you also have rescission, right, where the original contract is considered uh, uh, voidable or it's rescinded and canceled, right? And again, that's not any money. You're just, you know, 
uh, canceling the contract. And then there's also reformation, which uh, changes the agreement to conform with the party's original understanding, right? And so in terms of um, uh, re rescission, uh, where the original contract is considered voidable, um, you're really dealing with with issues of uh, you know contract formation. So either there was mutual mistake, there was misrepresentation, there's coercion, undue influence, lack of capacity, failure of consideration, or illegality. For purposes of reformation, you need you need there to be a valid contract, right? There must have been mutual assent, and then the the grounds for reformation are also similar. There's mutual mistake, or there's a unilateral mistake, misrepresentation, or fraud, and then also uh, you you take a look at you know whether there's any potential defenses like defenses like unclean hands, latches, non-defenses. You have to be able to talk about those again. All of this is in the context of equitable remedies for purposes of contract law. Now, when it comes to uh, issues of tort law, right, I think that's also really important for you to be able to uh, know what those um, equitable remedies are. So when we're talking about non-monetary, pure equitable remedies, in, in tort law, you have, you know, injunctive relief. And that's where you get into the issues of a temporary restraining order. And a temporary restraining order can become a preliminary, uh, a preliminary restraining order, and then it can become, a, you know, a, a, sorry, a preliminary injunction, and then it become a, it can become a permanent injunction. So again, you're not asking for money, you're you're asking the court to require defendant to do or refrain from doing something. And that's really important. We're not dealing with money. We want something to be done or we want the defendant to refrain from doing something. And when you examine the particular elements of a temporary restraining order, right? Uh, the, the particular elements are a, a TRO will be granted where the plaintiff can demonstrate that uh, she she will suffer irreparable harm without that restraining order. Uh, the balance of the equities between the plaintiff and the defendant favor the issuance of the order, and the plaintiff is likely to prevail on her claim. And the a TRO is typically heard ex parte, right? If the plaintiff uh, demonstrates a good faith attempt to give notice or demonstrates good cause as to why they they should not give notice, right? And the TRO is limited in nature, so you have to move pretty quickly to then, uh, you know, discuss, in addition to a TRO, get into, in your essays, a preliminary injunction discussion. Now, a preliminary injunction is the next step, which the elements are exactly the same. They're, they're identical to those of a temporary restraining order, but in a preliminary injunction, this requires that you give notice to the defendant and that there be a hearing so that the defendant can present their particular um, uh, arguments, right? And a preliminary injunction is longer lasting and it's a pre-judgment equitable remedies. There's no judgment here, so it's, it's pretty powerful relief if somebody does get a, a preliminary injunction. And it's basically the the court is requiring the defendant is restraining the the defendant from action 
right, uh, in some way to preserve the status quo. So uh, if after that, you know, the the you know, the facts of your particular uh, essay, right, or uh, sometimes it comes up in performance tests or in your multiple choice require the discussion of uh, permanent injunctive relief, right, then that basically requires uh, a, just a full hearing on the merits. Basically, you're, you have to have a trial before there is any sort of permanent injunctive relief. And the elements for that is that, you know, there has to be an inadequate legal remedy. There has to be a property right or protectable interest at issue. Uh, what is the feasibility of enforcement? There has to be a balancing of the hardships. And then the defendant's defenses have to be taken into consideration, right? So, you know, it's hard to cover uh, briefly what, you know, all of these uh, remedies are, but I hope that that helps you understand that these equitable remedies that don't deal with money, just uh, you can understand them, you can access them. It's it's uh, it may be a little complicated because you don't have a ton of experience with them, but that that doesn't mean that if you look at a few essays that deal with these issues that you can't see how they work in practice and that's the important part because then you can then replicate that uh, in the future all right all right listen wishing you good luck you got this pay attention to those equitable remedies it's really important and pay attention to the context in which they come up under contract law and tort law and you'll be way ahead of the game good luck and talk to you soon bye this episode is brought to you in part by Juno, the collective bargaining group here to get you the best rates on your student loans. To learn more, go to baregzamgameplan.info and click on the Juno logo.